Hey everybody, so before we jump into today's podcast, I just wanted to A, thank you guys, give you a little bit of a reminder. If you enjoy this content, however you're watching it, consuming it, please like, follow, subscribe, whatever you gotta do, comment on it. If you can, leave us a review. It really helps us out and it can help grow our platform and reach more people. And if you know someone that can benefit from this, please share it with them. If you have a question, if you wanna reach out to us, let us know. And then lastly, we have all of our amazing programs, courses, and coaching available in the resources below. So check that out. Definitely take advantage of it. We have everything from free options all the way up to paid programs and everything in between to fit pretty much anyone's budget. And it's just a matter of how customized it's going to be based on the price point. So there's really something for everybody. Thank you guys. Let's get on into the episode. Yeah, fighters. What's going on? Mike Colo here. Life of a Fighter podcast, episode number 46. We're starting to get up there in episodes now, guys. I appreciate the support. We're getting some momentum going, traction. Um, I'm really liking the feedback we're getting from you guys. So I just wanted to take a minute and say thank you. Thank you for the messages. Um... So from what we got last week and just the outreach on that, we're definitely going to do a follow-up podcast after we do our, I'm probably going to break it down into a three-part series instead of two-part for the calories debunked. There's going to be a part two and we'll see how quickly we go into it. Um, Then do a part three to follow it up. And then after that, I'm trying to have a couple guests and maybe we'll break it up. But then also we're going to come back and explore the topic of, we're arguing right now, is counting calories really that good? Is that healthy, that beneficial? I'd like to now present an argument for the other side of it just to kind of create some balance and just have a little bit of uh, advocacy for the other side. I think it always makes for an interesting debate, and it's just fair because there's obviously three stories, and then there's the, the third one in the middle that's the most accurate. It's like got one side, second side, third side is going to be most likely what happened. All right, that's my whole tangent. Let's dive into it. So... On part two, let's just kind of recap what we did for the first part. We were talking about calories in. We were talking about the healthy spectrum of body fat percentage and where you may lie on that, but also understanding that there is two parts of the spectrum where there's unhealthy all the way to one side, but there's also unhealthy on the other side as well, meaning you could be above 20% body fat, and that's going to be unhealthy for men, or for women, above 30% body fat. Again, it's going to be unhealthy. There's about a, a lot of health conditions that are associated with that, whether it's heart, whether it's lung, diabetes, metabolic. There's a, a bunch of risk factors. Cancer, you just it's, it's not good across the board, not good for you. Then on the other spectrum, you could be underweight and have too lean body fat percentage, and that's where it gets dangerous, more for organ function. Okay, so think about um, you know, whether your liver, your kidneys are going to start to fail because it's either a lack of nutrients or too much of a strain for toxin uh, filtering. There, there's a bunch of reasons, even certain medications that could be coming into play. Or I even learned recently that, I, I didn't know this, but I uh, went to a kidney specialist because I had some kidney issues. Basically, learning. I, I'm going to share my story with you guys so you guys can take away from this. I was implementing a, a keto-based diet, but again, I made that pretty obvious, now looking back at it, mistake of having too much protein and not enough fat. And what happened is I strained my kidneys. They couldn't keep up with it. I was also taking some anti-inflammatories like ibuprofen after a hard training session. And apparently that's not good for them either. So it puts an extra strain on it. My body wasn't able to properly filter everything out or um, see the right amount. So my doctor checked it when we got our physicals. 
that was leading up to the fight that I had back in November. I had a title fight. So th- that on top of the stress, the overtraining, the dehydration, the cutting of the weight, there's all these other factors that came into play. So just for you guys, if you're going to do that ketogenic approach, I actually like a lot of the benefits, and I think there's a time and a place for it. There's also been some really great research in intermittent fasting and looking at the timing of the fasting, and then we can look at like hormonal balancing and then looking at your, um, your sleep cycle and how it balances out with that. I think that's the easiest way to fast, guys, is count the hours you're sleeping as part of your fast, and then you just have maybe a couple hours before, a couple hours after, like before you go to bed and when you wake up, just introducing water, like even tea and coffee is going to count um, when you're introducing stuff in your body and, and stopping the fasting. But there's Dr. Rhonda Patrick had a, a great podcast about that, and she had Dr. Pand, I, I forget his first, I'm going to destroy it, so I don't even want to attempt it, but she did a great podcast with him. They go into this whole entire concept. Check that out, too. All right. Again, enough tangents for today. I'm trying to keep it on our kind of routine schedule. So we got part two now, guys. Part two is going to be looking at calories out. In the first part, we looked at calories in, where the mistakes could be. Now we're going to look at for when you're actually burning calories. There's going to be mistakes there, too, that we have to take into consideration. So whether it's you're going on a treadmill and you're looking at that, basing off those calories, or you're using a Fitbit, the direct... I'm going to destroy this word too. So calorimetry, I think as close as I'm going to get, guys, even on the first attempt. Um, There's going to be a 3.3 or up to a 3.3 margin of error, which doesn't sound like a lot. But when you scale that over a week, a month, a year, now you're looking at a lot of calories that you may be miscalculating for if you're basing it off calories. okay? Um, And even that, which is the most expensive method, it's rarely used, you're going to have error. Okay, so now let's look at um, another way that we're going to look at it uh, for measuring your calorie output is the doubly labeled water method. So study subjects drinking water containing a certain medical isotope or multiple isotopes. And the scientists are measuring in the fluid over a certain period of time the average metabolic rate. Okay, and that's going to have up to a 10% margin of error. Okay, now let's look at probably what's going to be the biggest margin of error for sure, uh, the indirect calorimetry. I guess exchange measurements are taken to estimate energy expenditure, okay, because we know certain outputs of oxygen, processing carbon dioxide, all the gases, they're using formulas, they're measuring it, and they're spitting out that data. Again, this is going to be up to a 45% margin of error. Okay, so we're seeing anywhere from a 3% to a 45% margin of error. And again, like I talked about, maybe even that doesn't sound like a lot, but I'm telling you, over a period of time, it's going to add up. Okay, so now we look at, oh, you're like, well, Mike, I have a Fitbit, or I'm using my body meter, my Nike band, or whatever smart device you're using, the jawbone. Um, they really do a good breakdown in the infographic excuse me, of the margin of error for each one. So I won't go through each one, but you can download the infographic and check it out. And um, if you guys didn't get it in the first one, or if you did and you just wanted to do it again, again, we're going to have uh, a button below, click on it, takes you over, it'll send it over to you guys. Or you could just go right onto the blog. It's under our private content. Um, for those of you that weren't able to log in, all you got to do is just sign up for a free account. Cause we had some questions on why weren't they able to access it. There's a free membership tab right at the top. Just go over membership, free membership. We won't charge anything for it. You never, we never will. It's just, just so you can log in and access content. Because then we can also send you some new stuff that we have coming out. All that fun stuff. So that's how you're getting the infographic if you haven't been able to look at it yet, guys. 
right, so we're looking at at least a 10% margin of error on these bands, which I think is very important, obviously. Okay, so now we're going to look at another breakdown, and it is people are going to burn calories differently, okay? And again, when we're looking at the gene factor, I might have someone that's a 12-year-old doing the same activity as a 68-year-old. Guess what? Yeah, they're going to both be burning a different amount of calories, okay, for multiple reasons, okay? One is going to be the age. One's going to be, again, their gene. Uh, another, we're going to look at epigenetics, so we have some other factors, that are not just in the genome, but how they're going to be expressed. Because we can have genes, but if we're not utilizing them, they're not expressing, communicating with, from the DNA up to the brain, to the hormones, the chemicals in the body, if all those reactions aren't happening, it doesn't matter. It's kind of all for nothing. So it's a matter of actually turning on or expressing, I guess is a better way to put it, those genes. Okay. This is, and this is, so the next one we're going to go into is, this is a really cool idea. So brown fat. Okay. I think this is an amazing concept that I actually heard from, again, Dr. Rhonda Patrick. She, this, this woman is a genius. you got to listen to her. Um, and she does a really good job. She can get really technical into it, but she does a really good job of explaining. You can circle back around, take notes. It's, it's good stuff. Um, so brown fat is different than our fat, and the reason it's called brown fat is because it has the color, or becomes the color brown. And the reason is the mitochondria is higher in that fat. So you're going to increase mitochondria by – there's a couple different ways to do it. One is cold, envir cold environment exposure, okay? And that makes sense because if you think about it, if you're exposed to the cold constantly, you're going to have to find a way to warm your body up. Now, mitochondria, the powerhouse of the cell, the energy production of the cell, what is that going to probably produce? Heat. So if we have energy, we're producing heat. If you're going to be warm, you're going to make it through the winter. It's, that's where we're taking advantage of uh, a little bit of evolution there too. Okay. So – you're also going to look at diet. Diet's also going to play a big factor. Um, they're, they're citing a study that people who ate capsaicin burned 120 more calories per day via brown fat uh, activation. Okay, so they're utilizing that uh, mitochondria and the fats. We're not just talking about environmental exposure. Now we're looking at nutritionally or supplementally, what can we do? Now you're saying capsaicin, what is that? So when you think of you know hot peppers, anything that's hot, it's capsaicin that's doing it. That's the heat, the enzyme that's causing that. Okay, so you're going to most likely find it in peppers. They do have supplements out there. I'm a big fan of getting it from the food first, okay? And we even have that listed under our uh, micronutrient cheat sheet. Um, you guys can check that out. We list like a whole bunch of different vegetables and have a different source, and we got capsaicin on there as well. All right, so cover that, and I think that's really cool. I really hope you guys take something from that one particularly because that's really easy, kind of like a gimme from your body if you can just do a couple hacks here. You know, Tim Ferriss is big on doing different hacks to be able to just accelerate the process. This is a gimme one that's right there for you guys. You don't really need anything besides to go outside. And if you live in a warm environment, guess what? If you have running water and it can get cold, bingo. That's all you need. Or an ice bath or whatever variation of it you want to do. It's really not costly. Uh, and it's pretty simple. You just got to do it for like 20 minutes. Okay, so now let's look at sleep. Sleep hygiene and sleep deprivation. So I like this idea of sleep hygiene. It's not the word you may use, but I'm a big fan of it because not in the sense of hygiene. We're talking about cleanliness in the physical sense, uh, like bacteria and, and stuff like that, but we're talking about hygiene and like, I do mean clean, but like how clean your sleep is, how healthy is it, how are you falling asleep naturally, are you able to get a full night uh, sleep without having to constantly wake up, get up, move, and if you do, are you going back into the proper sleep cycle, or is it just constantly bumping you out? Because we can physically recover pretty quickly as far as 
any kind of trauma from that day, the real reason we need more time for sleep is the mind. All right. Again, we, we always make these com comparisons with the body to either cars, computers, the whole deal. But a computer will overheat, right? So not that we're going to physically overheat as in uh, temperature, but the brain starts to not properly fire. You have all these chemicals and nervous systems, I'm sorry, and nerve signals that are communicating with one another. And if they're fried, they're going to slow down that rate, and they might actually stop firing altogether, depending on how severe, again, the situation is. So if you're getting the right sleep, you're actually going to be operating at a higher level than you would. Okay, and sometimes I, I, I always see these posts about, you know, entrepreneurs, you know, not sleeping and all that. I, I hear it. Sometimes you do have to pull an alarm. Sometimes you have to crunch. But i got to be honest with you guys, I'm a big believer that if you get a good night's sleep, you're going to get way more done than if you only got three hours of sleep, okay? Because whether it's a meeting, whether it's a deadline that you have to hit, the content that you're producing, or even if it's a, whatever it is, you're not going to be at an optimal level or even close to it if you're sleep deprived. All right, so that's my whole long tangent. Also, for what they're talking about too, if you're sleep deprived for even a single night, you could decrease the amount of calories you're burning anywhere from five to 20%. Now there's a lot of factors for that, but just know that if you're not sleeping again, not only when it comes to work and all these other things, but from your actual workout, just from your body functioning, you're not gonna be burning as many calories. So that's a good one. Now we look at hormones. This gets into a whole, another uh, concept we could really go on a whole conversation of, but one highlight of it is uh, women's menstrual cycle, okay? Because again, depending on how you're sleeping and depending on how you're eating and all these other factors, that can impact hormones. And obviously, depending on what time of month it is, if it's, if it's that time for you, you're going to be affecting your resting metabolic rate. You're going to have, obviously, certain nutrient needs and deficiencies. Obviously, we're talking about iron, okay? Maybe B vitamins, B3, B6, B5, B1, like all the, all across the board, there's going to be things that you're going to be wanting to take in. And a lot of you are probably going to already know that, are, are women followers out there. Obviously, you know, this isn't a new concept. It's just a matter of applying it properly and knowing what we're doing. Okay. And then that can also add up to another 20% error in how many calories you're burning. You may be over, you may be less. So that's just an important topic that you guys can check that out. Okay. So now let's look at another little detail to it. We covered just from the, the machine perspective, we covered from our, our devices, covered from our own body, hormones, all that fun stuff. Now let's go into what and how much you eat influences how many influences how many calories you'll burn. So this is, a, again, a great idea that they cover. And it's very important, I think, especially for athletes, where anyone that wants to really kind of have extreme results, you're so quick to want to do extreme calorie cuts. But if you really think about it, think of almost, I make a lot of analogies to also finance because I, I like that as well. And obviously, who doesn't like finance? But I mean, I, I grew up in an accounting household. Both my parents are accountants. I grew up with businesses around me. I, I always looked at numbers. I love data. I love crunching. So I think there's a clear comparison there when we look at if I gave you, okay, um, an extra thousand calories, maybe not per day, but every other day, or if I gave you a certain, uh, X, let's say X amount of thousand calories per week over an 8 to 12 week period where we want to get extreme results. For our high performing athletes, our high performing clientele or individuals, you're going to get A, more out of it, whether it's leaning out because you're able to put on more muscle and increase your 
muscle mass while decreasing your body fat percentage, even if your fat stays the same, even if you gain a pound of fat, if you gain seven pounds of muscle, your body fat percentage as a total would still go down. Because sometimes we're so afraid of like, oh, well, I gained a little bit of fat. But what was that fat to muscle ratio and how does it hold on your frame? Now, if we're a weight-based athlete, then we have to be way more cognizant of where the weight's going, how much it is, and if we even want to put on weight. I mean, I work a lot with um, Acceleration My Strength Team with sometimes we just want to put on pound-for-pound strength without having any weight change. That's a whole other topic too. But when we look at just calories, okay, there's a spectrum. Again, you can look at it on the infographic. We had anywhere from 0.8 pounds, I'm rounding, it was 0.79 pounds gained to 9.3 pounds gained. Okay, and it's looking at, okay, for example, in response to overeating, metabolism increases. However, some people's metabolism will adapt more than others. Okay, so this is a key point they bring up too when we're looking at how much was gained. So they have across the board, they studied adding 1,000 calories more per day. So they actually did it per day for that eight-week period of time. Now, some people only gained not even a full pound, 0.8, while other people gained 9.3 pounds. So it, this is just a demonstration of everyone's metabolism different too. So we can't just say, okay, me giving you 1,000 calories if you're 20 and a male that's an athlete, maybe even a 22-year-old pro athlete, versus a 50-year-old man that's maybe just a corporate professional or just has a regular nine to five and has a family and kids giving you a thousand extra calories it's probably gonna look a little different okay so if if we just without any kind of metabolic adjustments each person should have hypothetically gained 16 pounds each individual person meanwhile okay so let's look at this no one gained 16 pounds that's i think very important point they only gained 9.3 so mathematically it does not work out like that if, even if we think we have the most accurate numbers. Two, they only gained 0.8, some of them, and they should have gained 16. So that shows you a very extreme margin of error on how much it really wasn't fully accurate. And I'm just checking the time, guys. Again, I'm over a little bit, but we're going to hang in there. I'm actually going to probably end up going for maybe 20, 25 minutes, even though I tried to shoot for 15. I talked too much in the beginning. I'm sorry, guys. All right, so I just think that's an interesting point to realize that Introducing even more calories, everybody will take that different. So just keep that in mind. So now importantly, you'll burn more energy digesting some nutrients rather than others. Okay, we talked about this a little bit with the margin or how much your body absorbs, whether it's almonds, nuts, seeds, different foods. Um, here's excuse me. They have a percentage of macronutrient calories you'll burn via di- via digestion. So this is an interesting concept, just for the idea of the efficiency of digesting certain foods. This becomes important not just for food selection for losing weight, but especially going back to our athletes or going back to some of the performance basis, selecting the right amount of foods at the right time to get the most out of it. Because if you're losing 20 to 30% digesting protein, which is, and again, the margin of error is gonna be up to 20% here for these numbers. But let's even say that considered 20 to 30 percent, or it could even be anywhere from not really, you know, burning anything to 10 percent. You're still going to be losing some calories there. So, anyways, protein is going to take longer, and it's also going to be a little bit more costly. Carbohydrates and fats are way better decisions for nutrient uptake and calorie uptake because carbohydrates can be about five to 10 percent, 
and fat's going to be zero to three percent. Okay. So, but the interesting thing about that is that when we look at almonds, not just there, just about how much we're absorbing. So again, you got to keep in mind this is the cost of just digesting the food itself. Then we have to think about how much are we really absorbing of the food. So between digestion of it and then between how much we can actually absorb in the first place, we may be losing a pretty significant amount of calories here, guys. So just keep that in mind. All right, so that's like a really important part for the calorie in and calorie outside of it. So after we look at what's happening with how much it's costing to digest it, we want to look at really like we, we use a lot of formulas based on weight to give us an indication of how many calories you're burning. So now we want to look at where's the role play with your weight and its influence on how many calories you'll burn. This is, I think this is really actually interesting for the understanding of everyone's unique body. So if you've ever been overweight, obese, or just really on the heavier side of things, your metabolic rate is more than likely to be slower rather than, let's say, a healthier, more fit person or if you were lighter, okay? Even the, the equations that you're going to use, you may be coming up short on that based on adaptive thermogenesis is a, a word that we're, we're looking at here. Doesn't really, you don't need to know that word as much as just to, to identify it. But what you need to know about that is, again, if you're, let's say you should be 200 pounds at 5'10", if you're 220, 240, and, it, and we use one of our formulas to calculate your metabolic rate based on your height and weight, you might actually be burning even less than that. So even if we're trying to get you to cut weight or lose weight, I don't want to say cut weight, that's outside, it's just like a typical fighter term, that we, but I don't like to think of it, especially when we're looking at long-term lifestyle results, we're cutting it. Maybe actually, yeah, that's not such a good way. We are cutting. We don't want it to come back, so it's cutting off. Okay, not bad. We'll stay with it. Sorry, again, another tangent. So let's say you're supposedly going to be at 2,800 calories a day, and that's going to allow you to maintain your weight. You might actually need to only eat 25 or 2,200 calories a day to maintain your weight. And if we incorrectly uh, adjust for that, then obviously that's going to show we might even gain some weight from that. Or you might lose some weight from that. So again, it's, it's just another margin of error that we want to look at to understand that just going off calories isn't going to be your best investment. Okay, Especially over time, it's going to get frustrating. But if you start to lose the weight, your body will adapt. And that's the really cool, again, talking about expressing genes, especially if you have good genetics and let's say you still find yourself to be heavy, that just means your genes aren't properly expressing themselves and your body's not utilizing that properly. Okay, so just another little factor to keep in mind. Okay, so and then we go into a couple of different margins of error on there. You guys can check them more in the infographic. And then, so overall, just looking at it, you, you're going to have up to a potential 25% margin of error when you're counting your calories for a numerous factor of reasons, whether it's the equipment, whether it's your actual body absorbing it, whether it's, uh, no, I'm sorry, not your body absorbing it, your actual body burning it and being accurate. Just keep that in mind. So we got calories in, calories out. We actually have a really good tool in the infographic for tracking calorie intake and your estimated calorie output. Even though it's not going to be 100% accurate, it gives you just something. Okay, if that's something that you want to look at, or if you want to study on your own how wrong it can be, you can check those out in the infographic. All right, guys. So again, I know, I, like I said, I went over a little bit. We're going to finish up with part three on the next podcast. That's going to be the wrap up. It's going to be portion control guide and how we're going to use our hands as a reference guide for the sizing. Because like we said before, even in the first part, we're not good at guesstimating how big something should be. But if we have a reference, 
okay, that's everywhere with you because your hands go everywhere with you. You can't go anywhere without them. You're going to succeed a lot more, and it's going to be a better idea without getting too obsessive in the calories because we just showed that really calories by themselves, when you're counting it to a T, aren't going to be the most accurate thing that we can do. All right, guys, so that's going to do it for this week. Thanks for the support. Hit us up some more on social media, guys. Again, our social media is at Life of a Fighter on Twitter. We're at The Life of a Fighter on Instagram. On Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash Life of a Fighter. You can email me at info at lifeofafighter.com. Check more on our blog. And again, guys, if you want more free content, if you want more recipes, if you want um, fighter guides that aren't generally open to the public, Go to our membership tab. Go to the free membership button. You can sign up. All you need is name, email, and then boom, you're right in. Again, we're never going to charge for this. You do get um, some other exclusive content, like I said. Not just access on the website, but some things we don't even have listed there. We'll email to you so you guys can keep your eyes peeled on the email, um, whether it's an ebook, whether it's a recipe, whether it's a special promotion or a new product or something that we're launching. We'll give you guys dibs on it first. All right, that's going to do it for this week, fighters. I'll catch you next time on the Life of a Fighter podcast. So I just wanted to say thank you guys again for watching, listening, consuming that episode. If you guys enjoyed it and you haven't already, please like, uh, please comment. If you haven't reviewed, please leave a review. If you haven't followed or subscribed, please do that as well. Again, it tremendously helps us out. And then just a quick reminder, if you guys want more resources, we have them below. We have our programs, everything from free all the way up to paid and kind of everything in between. Dial in with the customization and we have more information on different programs and resources in our newsletter. So if you haven't signed up for that, do so below. It's free and that is it y'all. See you on the next one.